Welcome to the Shipping Times Daily with uh, Dr. Spencer Pratt. And I'm Randy Baker, and I'm not a Pratt. Well, at least <laughs> since, you know, if anybody is English, they will know what a Pratt is. So um, I uh-oh. said something weird. Yeah. I thought I was weird. making something up. Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast, where we ridiculousize each episode. And, you know, if I wanted to go from here to there, I might want to ship myself. <laughs> Without further ado, today we're talking to Sarah Barnes Humphrey. When you hear this amazing episode, you just might want to ship yourself. Yeah. So, um, Sarah, let's talk supply chain. Let's just do it. In all seriousness, really amazing conversation. We're just giggling about the stupid joke. Sarah is an extraordinary thought leader and kind of defines thought leadership in a great way, which is being different and interesting and at the top of a niche. And this is the niche of supply chain, which I didn't realize was cool until this interview. Yeah, so we all think about supply chain, if we ever think about it, as being some painful thing that uh, is causing us not to be able to buy a refrigerator this month because the supply chain is all clogged up. When we talk with Sarah, we see it totally differently. Here's our interview. So hello, Sarah. Great to see you. I have to I have to say, um, uh, usually I'm I'm the guy who is kind of the eyes of our listeners here. I have to say, you've got a whole lot of things to look at and and think <laughs> about in your foreground and background. There, will you give us kind of a tour of your surroundings? Yeah, sure, absolutely. And thanks for having me. I'm I'm super excited to be here. So I've got a picture of Audrey Hepburn over to my left. I have a picture that a lot of people think is a bookcase, but it's not a bookcase. And then because I am a podcaster and I do a lot of video recording and a lot of podcasts, I have um, a Rode microphone with my mic flag that says Let's Talk Supply Chain. And I also talk about the collaboration, collaboration being the future of business. And so I have a sign that says that as well. Love it. I didn't know that was called a mic flag. But now yeah. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Always, I've always said the thing that's attached to your mic that has a really fancy logo <laughs> on it. <Yeah. laughs> cool. And what kind of road mic is it? I'm a mic geek a little bit. Oh, no. I didn't know you were going to ask me that question. I got to go get the box. <laughs> but I think it's the podcaster mic. <laughs> that's awesome. So speaking of kind of the bling and and technology and cool stuff that surrounds us, you know, as we sort of sit here in our home offices that are kind of makeshift studios, how has your work life changed over the past decade? Over the past decade, wow, it has changed a lot. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I've been in logistics and supply chain for over 20 years. And so over the last decade, I was working for my dad's company and his his company was a freight forwarding company. So basically a travel agent to move products around the world. And I think up until maybe 10 years ago or just after I was using a typewriter to type out checks 
<laughs> to send checks to the ocean carriers to actually release our cargo. So <laughs> it's definitely changed quite a bit. I was in an office environment up until the end of 2017, and then I transitioned to work from, working from home. And so I've been working from home in my studio and office since 2017. And so it's it's changed and transitioned quite a bit. Although, you know, COVID with everybody going to work from home, I was already doing it. So that didn't change too much for me. So you were in your dad's business for about for a long time. How, how long was he in it before that? Uh, so he was in logistics for way longer than me, probably closer to 40 years. But he started his own business in 1987. And how did he trip into that field? I honestly, I'm not entirely sure. So they were living in England, and I believe he was working for a freight forwarder in the UK. And then they got moved out to Iran to take over one of the branch offices. And that was before the fall of the Shah. And so there was a lot of expats over there, and they had a great time. And then um, he was given the option between Canada, Australia, and the Philippines. And he decided Canada, came here, worked for them for a few years, and then started his own company. So you naturally, at age five, six, and seven, became obsessed <laughs> with logistics? Well, I do remember talking about logistics and supply chain at the dinner table for as long as I can remember. And so, yes, I would say, I always say that supply chain is in my blood. Interesting. And explain supply chain to the average human being, because it, it's sort of like blockchain. It People's eyes cross pretty quickly. <laughs> Well, not anymore. I don't know if you've noticed, but people are talking about supply chain way more than they used to. But it's the sourcing of a raw material or a product. It's the buying of that raw material or product. It's the manufacturing. Then it's the movement of the finished product or potentially a raw material. And then it's the distribution of that. And then it's the delivery to either the end consumer or your customer. So in October of last year, uh, Sarah, you launched Ships with a Z. Mm -hmm. I did. Now, mm -hmm. Ships does not manufacture stuff. It does not design stuff. Is it a matchmaker between freight forwarders and the people who want their product shipped? It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what we started it with in October. And then in January, we launched it as a white label solution. So basically, the shipper or the freight forwarder could use our solution to help manage their relationships with either the freight forwarder or their customers. So that, that's cool. What made you understand or realize or what was the big problem that created an opportunity for, for a matchmaking business like Ships? So there's always been a lot of discourse, I guess, between freight forwarders and shippers. There's not a lot of understanding there. It's very difficult to find the right freight forwarder because they don't ship from every single place around the world well, right? They have specific lanes that they're good at. And so to find the right freight forwarder for the lanes that you have has always been very difficult. And so I hear from a lot of shippers that they really just want a place to be able to find the right provider for them to be able to, to move their products the most efficiently and most cost-effective way. And it's the same for freight forwarders. They also wanna be able to have access to potential customers that would be a right fit for them as well. And so the industry has been asking for this for a while. 
So when I, when I moved to England many, many decades ago, mm-hmm. I had what was left of my stuff that I hadn't sold. And I packed it all up and I called a freight forwarder and I said, ship it to my house in England. And I paid them the check and six months later it arrived because the ship caught fire, all sorts of stuff happened. Mm -hmm. It took forever to get my stuff. And then they charged me extra for the cost of repairs to the ship because it caught fire. So pro rata, I was charged extra. Luckily, my little single little package stuff was not very big so it was only a few pounds wasn't too big if you're the matchmaker between these two elements in the process and stuff like that happens do you get blamed or does you know what how does that work does the the shipper have to come through you to talk to the freight forwarder or or is it once you've connected them you step back and you're out of the equation um, we are facilitating the equation, and so we'd have a process for them to be able to put through a claim or to be able to talk about those potential challenges that arise. But when it comes to personal effects, because what you're what you're talking about is personal effects, most freight forwarders won't touch personal effects anymore because of the risk and the liability. So if you are going to move any personal goods, you are going to have to go through a moving oh, company now. Okay, that's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is the um, strangest experience you've had on a ship? I haven't really been on a ship. <laughs> you've never been on a ship. No, I don't. Well, I've been on like you haven't ferries. like stowed away. You haven't no. been like okay, I gotta, I gotta really experience this. I gotta, I gotta spend <laughs> six weeks <laughs> inside it. No. no. Okay. No, I've been on a ferry. Um, I've had containers that have been on ships, and I mean, if you've watched the news at all in the last, you know, year and a half, you've seen a lot of different things that have been happening, right? Like we've had, I think between November 2020 and February 2021, we had like 6,000 containers overboard, which is a lot of containers on a lot of different vessels. And this was, a lot of them are talking about it being because of climate change, because the weather patterns and going through different storms and the storms getting worse. And so we've had that. We've had cranes toppling over in Taiwan in the ports. We've had uh, ports shutting down because of COVID. So there's been so many things that have been happening. There was one ship that glummed up. In the the... Suez Canal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was cool to watch. I mean, horrible, I'm sure, but it was pretty (laughs) amazing to see. Yeah. Well, so that held up $400 million worth of trade every single day. Wow. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a little digger <laughs> that was like on the side of the, the beach, I guess. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of memes around it because they were like, this little guy is going to like dig out this big humongous ship. But what a lot of people don't realize is this happens, not that it blocks necessarily a canal, but we've got lots of problems with seafarers. So the seafarers that are on the ships, they don't get treated very well. And because of COVID, a lot of them have been on ships for 18 months, almost two years without seeing their families because they haven't been able to get off at the ports because they're not vaccinated and they're not being given the opportunity to get vaccines. And so the countries aren't letting them in to be able to fly home. And so there's a lot, a lot of challenges when it comes to vessels and seafarers. And that particular vessel actually stayed in Egypt and only just got released about a month ago because it was being held 
by the government because of the amount of money that was being owed to the government for it blocking that canal. And so the Snuggies, the containers of Snuggies that were on there and bicycles, they've only just started making their way to wherever they were going before it got blocked. That's a fun series of facts. I, you'd be really fun to have at a dinner party. Just kind <laughs> I think of so. over, if somebody's bored, just send them over to Sarah. <laughs> That's neat. So what's the, the strangest thing you've had to deal with? in these decades of, of work? What's the what's one of the weird situations kind of like that one that you've had to, to handle? Weird things happen all the time. Like I'm telling you, supply chainers are problem solvers because things happen every single day. I've shipped human remains, which is, wow. you know, yeah. Um, I've also, there. there's a drug called CHAT. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but people use it in their tea and it gets shipped through the UK because it's, not illegal in the UK and then it comes to Canada. And so I had to be part of a sting operation in Toronto to try to catch the people that were moving it through our warehouse and were getting fake custom stamps and all that kind of stuff. And I would have been a witness in a trial for that, except for the the guys skipped town and there was no trial after that. So wow. that was one of the weirdest things. Did you get one of those? I've heard that they, they get implants in their teeth so you can actually, it's instead of an earpiece, they put it up in your tooth and you can hear it through bone conduction. They didn't give you I, one of those. No, they definitely didn't <laughs> give me one of those. But one of the guys that showed up to get the paperwork had a knife on him. So it was kind of dangerous. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really intrigued by the, the containers that get washed off ships. So I, I presume there's an insurance claim for mm -hmm. the contents. But does, is anybody out there fishing out containers and trying to recover what's in them? Is there any salvage operation? I have no idea. I have no idea. That is a really good question and probably a question for my friend, Alison Cusack, who is a shipping lawyer, and she knows way more about this stuff than I do. Um, but I'm sure there are people out there that, that probably do that because there is a lot lying on the ocean floor. As we could even we could ask our, uh, our last yeah. uh, conversation, Randy, the, the fellow that takes people down to 22 miles below the ocean yeah yeah so that, that would be interesting because i mean do they sit on the ocean floor or do they float there's a lot of air in oh i have gosh. no idea that's a great question i think somebody needs to do some research on this because if, <laughs> if, if they float there you know could you imagine a ship hitting them in the middle of the night i guess it's like yeah Oh yeah, no. Then they must not float because otherwise they'd be a danger. I, I don't. I don't know. So speaking of kind of the the diversity of things within those containers, um, there seems to be great. I'm sure there's great diversity in your industry because we're talking every country of the world. We're talking, I assume, men and women and uh, any possible range of folks. Is is there a history of is it male dominated, female dominated, a certain country? What's what's what does that look like and how is that changing? It is very diverse, although it's been very male dominated industry, especially in North America. I think you can say that across the world. I think we are getting more diverse. I've actually started a second podcast called The Blended Podcast, and it's bringing people from different walks of life to talk about diversity and inclusion in different topics. Because I feel like it's important for us to be able to create a safe space for people to really speak their authentic truth 
And that's the only way that we're really going to learn to understand and be able to implement those learnings into the talent that we have in supply chain. I mean, it's an amazing time to be in supply chain right now. And I think that we are getting more diverse, but we still have some work to do. So kind of a another layer deeper on that, you are not uh, male. Uh, so <laughs> what kind of things did you rub up against? What kind of difficulties did you, I mean, because you were also the daughter right you you were the the mm -hmm. the younger member of the family like can i just talk to your dad please or did you run into that kind of stuff for years all sorts of stuff i mean i was made fun of in in operations meetings oh you can't talk about that because sarah's coming in the room because she's going to run home and tell daddy um and that was a male vp i was told that if i got pregnant and had kids i wouldn't worry about a career so i should just focus on that yeah. Um, that was especially, within your company. Yeah. And wow. especially uh, in sales, you know, men, you know, the Me Too movement, let's just put it that way. You know, I've run into a few issues with that um, when I was in sales as well. So, yeah, a few challenges, you know. And in terms of where things are going, do you see differences? I mean, has it changed in terms yes. of women? Okay. In supply yeah. chain particularly? Yeah. yeah, and we're, we're seeing more women in C-suite roles, you know, director roles, VP roles. I also have a woman in supply chain series where we talk to them about their journey and how they got to where they are and what that's kind of looked like so that we can make sure that we're inspiring other women to work in supply chain. Because a lot of people look at logistics and supply chain, they look at it from like a warehousing perspective and it's dirty, you know, and it's it's an industry for just men, which it absolutely is not. And again, like you said, it's a global community. So lots of diverse perspectives, lots of diverse opportunities too, to be able to live and work in other countries. So if I had a six-year-old daughter who was running around the house saying, mm -hmm. You know, I want to ship stuff all over the world. What advice would you give her? I, I tell her to do it. I am a firm believer that you need to try different things to figure out what A, you like doing, what B, you don't like doing, and C, what you're good at. And so I would try different parts of the industry. And would you explain what those parts are and how would you explain that to a six-year-old? <laughs> to a six-year-old? Well, I would take a pen. And I would talk about how many different components go into a pen, maybe, or into a mm -hmm. toy, like a stuffed animal or something like that. And I would explain that all of these different pieces need to be put together to make the teddy bear that she sleeps with at night. And talk about how and talk about that journey from a child's perspective. Nice. Nice. And how do you if you're talking to that same six year old girl and you're trying to express your opinions on how the world will look in 90 years when she's 96. How would you talk about that? Well, first of all, I tell her I would need a crystal ball <laughs> and maybe go and have a session with a psychic who could tell me what that's going to look like. Um, but I would, I would want to talk about the opportunities and talk about how you know, there really are no glass ceilings for women anymore. And she's living in such an exciting time that she can really do anything that she puts her mind to. 
And where do you think um, the supply chain industry is going? So in that same 90-year span, where do you think things are headed? I mean, everything is computerized, but things still need to be shipped. I guess the beam me up, Scotty, if, that, if, if we can actually, <laughs> <laughs> if we don't need ships anymore, I mean, hey, we can just, you know, beam things to each other. That'd be different. Well, yeah, maybe in 90 years we will have that technology. I mean, we do have 3D printers and 3D printers are getting better. And so, you know, a lot of product can be made or raw materials made through 3D printers. And I'm sure over the next 90 years, that technology is just going to get better. They're talking about flying cars, which, you know, I'm sure in 90 years we might be using airspace other than just for aircraft to move ourselves and to move product. I also think that we're going to go into space. And I think that there's going to be space logistics that are going to come out in the next 90 years. Wow. I think that's a particularly interesting area, space logistics. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, just building the way stations, all that stuff has to be shipped up there. Interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. And resupply. Resupply of the space stations. You can hop a freighter to hop a freighter to the moon, you know. Stow away to Mars. Don't, don't cool. stow away on that one. You might need some oxygen. But, <laughs> Maybe. You know. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Sarah. We like to keep these um, these interviews relatively short and, and fun. So you've got a particularly interesting business going on. Tell people how they can connect with you and who would you like to connect with you? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So Sarah Barnes-Humphrey on LinkedIn. We've also got a very active community on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page as well, where we go live all the time. So we've got lots of live content going on. So LinkedIn's probably the best place to go. And I like to connect with everybody. Well, everybody. That's that's a lot of people. That's, yeah. that's how many, uh, how many <laughs> billions of people in the world. You'll be a busy lady just saying, well, yes, 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 I yes, yes. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I think our network is is really, really important. And I think you can only learn from other people when you connect with them. And I'm always interested in learning in other fields and how supply chain touches different industries and different fields, because it really does touch a lot of things that we're doing on a daily basis. So I love the way you speak about supply chain. The, the last time I've really thought too much about supply chain is I had a a client who was very high up in the military and had been a supply chain master, basically um, controlling thousands of people and having mm-hmm. those people. Right. So my understanding was very regimented, very hierarchical, very, you know, so it's really neat to hear how you speak about it and kind of the, the fluidity of it and the, and the, the almost joy of it, sort of the, the excitement. So really, really interesting, really fun can't wait to see what you do next awesome thank you guys so much for having me i really and just before it. we finish um i did some research while kate was talking he talks a lot um that's, so the, trick. I, that's the trick he, he kicks me under the table yeah. yeah a swiss marine biologist claims that there's up to twelve thousand containers floating around the world's oceans at any one point in time but they stay floating for anything up to generally it's two to three days to two to three weeks but they can float for up to nine months depending on what's in them wow so, i had no, no idea no did i so we learned something every day thank you for that 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know everybody was dying to know that piece of information. I was dying it, to know that. I'm so glad that, that you found that it. That trips the next domino in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, where are the pirates who go and harvest those, right? That's the Well, that, that also becomes interesting because apparently in some countries it is legal to collect what comes ashore and other countries only if the container is open. So if the container is closed, it's illegal to open it. Interesting stuff. Can you send me that article? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'll use it on my next live show. Oh, cool. There you <laughs> go. So, Thank you so much for chatting with us. It's been fun. Um, we will come to you for fun facts, and we will send you any that we've come across. That would be amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. Thank you so much, Sarah. Well, thank you, Sarah. Um, wow, what a lot of uh, questions we're left with. What happens to floating containers? Interesting. But mostly, how does a young lady like you get so passionate about what is generally seen as a boring subject? And it's amazing to see that passion, see that joy, and see how you are so involved in that industry. Yeah, I almost see the flip of that, which is it's neat to see how you brought your passion and joy and love into that industry. And it's neat. It's really neat. So I am now going to actually pay attention when people say the word supply chain. I've always kind of just zoned out at that point and thought, oh, over my head or different subject that I'm interested in. But now I'm I'm genuinely interested. Cool. And... So to our listeners, if you are interested in supply chain or SaaS companies or building your own business better and bigger, then you might like to take a look at, where do they go, Kent? Uh, Mm Thoughtpartnergroup.com. And if you go there, there's a little assessment button at the top of the page. I think they're what three or four questions takes you maybe a minute maybe two minutes if you really think about things maybe five and we'll take five minutes and send something straight back to you also crazy mba so maybe if i want to stretch supply chain just a little bit crazy mba could be seen as a logistics style supply chain that gets you from here to there there being wherever it is that you want to go yep Ship yourself. <laughs> <laughs>